Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for January 24th, 2021, the third Sunday after Epiphany. And I can't even get words out yet this morning. Uh, uh, which is evidence that we are coming to you not live, or actually, it would, one would think that live would be my excuse, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, you do that even. <laughs> Not live, and I'm not fixing it. On behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana, Bruce, I'm in a silly mood. How are you? I'm good. I'm watching Grapple fall from the sky. Uh, say what now? Grapple. It's a New York Times crossword um, answer, but, so I learned it some months ago when my wife was doing the puzzle, not me. I don't get any credit for that. It is when a snowflake... As it falls, gathers frozen water droplets on it. Interesting. Isn't it, though? A, a, a strange... I, I, I mean, I can't think of what word I would use to describe such a phenomenon, but grapple <laughs> doesn't yeah. invoke this image to me. And I'm kind I... of questioning its origin and who, who, who made it. I have to admit, I've I have not looked it up beyond making sure it really is a word in a dictionary for um, Kathy as she was doing the puzzle, and so I don't remember its derivation or anything. But it is a real word. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it actually has filled in conversations this past number of days where we've had a number of instances of grapple falling. Yeah, yeah, grapple falling. I mean, it, I don't know. It certainly gets your attention, doesn't it? It does. It does. I'm more <laughs> like imagining like food blood from coming the sky. off. I was imagining like food falling off the table during Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner or something. Oh no, the right. grapple! <laughs> oh, <laughs> do you want some gravy for your grapple? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, but yeah. Uh, okay, so snow, a snowflake that has collected water molecules on its way down, that then freeze. Gotcha. So the snowflake so is a little disformed. It, and... it collects liquid water droplets, and then it freezes. Hmm. And that that freezing um, process, that what goes when, makes it different from sleet. Okay. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Good for you. Because I'm not sure I do. <laughs> Well, I mean, yes. Yeah, so, so uh, yeah, sleet starts as water, though, right? So that, I think that, so. Yeah. That's more the freezing process closer to ground and and uh, upon impact and everything. So um, interesting. Well, what what you're going to see today is a strong wind out of the northwest uh, that's going to come down. For, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> any other, any yeah, other your pre-recorded weather, weather forecast? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you look outside, you'll notice that there's weather. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, we'll move along from the, the, <clears throat> the weather podcast. Uh, yeah. because I'm sure there actually is one. So if you find oh, that interesting, ones. uh, uh, feel free to search, uh, when you're done listening to this, of course, yes, please. uh, uh, please and, stay with uh, us. Go enjoy uh, the 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 weather podcast. Which <clears throat> Grapple I, R Us. I'm gonna yeah. <laughs> so, a perfect, like someone who collects and then resells <laughs> Grapple. Um, I am gonna have to like go search though to see like what what kind of pun related uh, uh, podcast name could there be for. A weather podcast uh, that'll that'll be a, a, a little homework project for me when, when I'm done here um, but uh, before we go to the uh, the readings today uh, I, I'm gonna do your person of the day who uh, I will give you a hint on this one uh, this person's uh, commemoration date on the Episcopal calendar is January 20th so uh, and that uh, that person's uh, name is Fabian, which sounds like an Italian clothes designer, and that's all that he, you know, that's all or, that his uh, name is. It is. It's just Fabian. There, there was a, a late fifties, early sixties pop singer named Fabian. Hey, there you go. Um, this is not him, by the way. But just yes, case, it's... just in case that's your guess, <laughs> it's not him. I'm drawing a blank. 
I know I've known it because of the Fabian Pop Singer connection, but it is not in my brain this morning. <laughs> but once that comes in, there's it's just it's all Fabian all the time. Do wop <laughs> Fabian FM. Um, uh, he was uh, uh, they, they don't he don't they don't have a date of birth, but uh, the date of death is January twentieth of two hundred and fifty. He is an early pope and martyr. Uh, according to the early church historian, Eusebius Eusebius of Caesarea. You're not quite saying it right, but close enough. Let, let's hear it right, though. Because I knew once you said it wrong, I yep. will say yep. it right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, so you That's know so just enough to correct me, but not <laughs> enough to give the correct information. Interesting. Right. Interesting. Right. Um, <laughs> Can't be helpful, but can be correct. Can't according, be a jerk. According to... <laughs> According to an early church historian who shall remain nameless, uh, the Roman-born <laughs> Fabian uh, was chosen to succeed Pope Antaris when a, a dove. Tell me, stop me if this sounds familiar. When a dove descended from heaven and lighted on his head, um, he was Pope from January tenth of two, uh, 2036 until his death. Uh, he was an opponent of agnostic heresies. Uh, and uh, believed to be a very effective administrator. Uh, under his leadership, the Roman Church was strengthened. His temporal power, its temporal uh, power was increased. Uh, but when the Emperor Dicius, or Dicius, I'm trying to remember exactly how that one goes, uh, began a persecution in the year 250, Fabian was arrested, uh, tortured, and uh, killed. Yeah, that was the, one of the most bloody persecutions of Christians. So that's that's when a lot of martyrs uh, met their fate. Yeah. So uh, uh, Fabian, an, an early pope, um, and let's let's throw it in there. Uh, and early, martyr, early pope, martyr, and Italian fashion designer. <laughs> you know that I mean. You may you not be far off on. I that may not be. Yeah, I mean, you. Think, I'm just thinking if he straightened up the Roman Church, he may have. Um, guided what vestments we still wear today. Yeah, like casuals. You, you think those outfits just uh, came down from heaven? No. Yeah. Fabian. <laughs> uh, uh, I have a feeling I'm going to get a slap in the face when I go to heaven for. <laughs> I did not design these. <laughs> that was Artemis. And he deserves I'm all the credit. I'm eaten by lions, and this is how you treat me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I and, and I do apologize, uh, uh, Fabian, if you're listening uh, out there uh, in the in the ether. Um, he keeps going. What? But there's what? there's there's worse things that I could attribute to a to a martyr. Um, I would I would think so. Um, be- designer of beautiful clothing. I, I I have a hard time believing anyone will be upset about that. Um, even if it is a lie. So let's move on to things. Let's just <laughs> in, say it's a non-truth. It's a non-truth. Or is it? I don't know. We don't uh, know. <laughs> I hear people say that. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> we won't go there. Uh, so um, uh, the first reading for January 24th comes from the book of Jonah, uh, which if you're not in Sunday school, uh, we don't get to read from very often. Uh, no, uh, and it's a very short book. It's it really is. I only was, four chapters long. I, I, I Every time we come back to it, I'm, I'm amazed as to how short it was. I was like, isn't this a longer book? Job yeah. was like a giant book, like a much bigger book uh, to, compared to Jonah. Um, but uh, but yeah, four, four, four chapters. Mm-hmm. Uh, chapter three, we're going to read from chapter three, verse one through five. And then we skip a little bit, and ten, um, which makes it almost all of chapter three. Just to right. Further attempt people to read the whole thing for themselves. Uh, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, "Get up, go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim it to the message that I tell you." So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days walk across. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk, and he cried out, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Uh, And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on a sackcloth. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind 
about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. Um, first, I think, uh, um, and, and, and possibly intentionally, <clears throat> this, uh, um, this kind of reminds me in the season of Epiphany of last week's first reading uh, about Samuel uh, right. being called several times. Uh, it's, not, story. it's not quite the same because Jonah know, knew exactly who was calling him. <laughs> right. And he just uh, disagreed deeply. It, yeah, deeply, uh, which is all contained in the first couple chapters. And uh, chapter four. That's true. And chapter four, he, even even after this, he still had uh, um, he's, he's really a, he, he really did not like what he was supposed to do. No, um, he was a about i i think arguably he's the most reluctant prophet in in the bible mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah at least the way that it's written uh yeah, yeah. that would that would that would uh, seem to be so um so because even after this this is like the success story here in chapter three and then he still goes and complains yeah he it, <laughs> it the yeah um not not to talk too much about what we're not talking about but yeah chapter four begins but this was very displeasing to Jonah, and he became angry. <laughs> right. Yeah. He uh, didn't want to go on this mission in the first place. He thought it was a bad idea. And then when it worked, he thought it was an even worse idea. <laughs> right. He thought, it, it, which kind of implies, like, his thought process was, fine, I'll do it. And at least I'll get to see this giant city destroyed. Exactly. <laughs> that, that really was the only consolation he'd give himself. Was uh, I'll get to see some awesome special effects. Right. Which, so, which which kind of like leads you to kind of wonder how did how did the story of Jonah get to be like such a fun children's story? I have no idea. <laughs> when this guy's like a grumpus, I mean, this is like y- 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 there's he's not happy in any of the story. <laughs> yeah, uh, and he's yeah. not presented. He's not like I I, I want to say uh, not to not to cast criticism on the way that uh, the the children's stories are, are are necessarily crafted, but we don't really like the story kind of implies like oh and everything works out from the perspective of Jonah. We don't really often get into the story of like yeah and he's still a jerk. <laughs> he's still kind right. of. <laughs> He's yeah. not. He's not with it. He's not happy about it. He's sitting there pouting in a corner. And the and the story ends with without any change of heart on his part. Mm-hmm. There is, there, yeah, there is. The, the happy ending is for the gazillions of people that lived in Nineveh. Yeah, 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 yeah. And part of um, Jonah's all too human, I'll put it that way, behavior is that he's very disappointed in that. They got to survive. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah, uh, wanted to be the harbinger of death, I guess. Uh, yeah. The her- the great herald of destruction. Um, and so one thing to, to be clear on is that this was not a Jewish city. So uh, yeah. part of Jonah's um, issue, so to speak, was that he, yeah, he, he didn't get to be a prophet to Jerusalem. He had to be a prophet to Nineveh. Mm-hmm. That, you know, this was like the last place he ever wanted to be a prophet. You know, there'll, there'll be no fame or fortune in it for him. Unlike if he was a prophet in Jerusalem, he might get to live in the king's palace or like Samuel got to sometimes and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And instead he's on on a ship. He goes and sits on a hillside and gets too hot. I mean, it, it's a... And all these, all the ways it's unpleasant is because of himself. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, if anyone wanted to grow up to be a prophet, which there's no record of in biblical times of someone wanting to be a prophet, um, (laughs) this is not what they envisioned. Right. There's no rock star quality to it like some of the prophets got. And others were stoned to death. So it wasn't always always this or that. Right. Right. Uh, and, and, and I, I did have to look it up just cause I was kind of curious, um, because of the way that it's described here as to how large the city is. I was trying to figure out uh-huh. where Nineveh is in modern day times. Uh, and it looks like it's basically, it's Mosul, uh, in Iraq, in, in Northern yeah. Iraq, uh, kind of 
real close to where Turkey and Syria meet uh, in Iraq, a little uh, southwest of that. But uh, because of the size, I'm kind of surprised it's not, you know, it wasn't something closer to the sea. It was, it's, it's fairly far inland for, um, for, for that area. Uh, it's about as central. Uh, it's, it's on the, the, the Tigris uh, River, it looks like or at least one of the offshoots. But for for being to grow to that size where it's a three day walk across, uh, that's that's a huge that's a huge city. Yeah. Um, uh, and there's all sorts of pictures online, of course, where you can kind of see like old literally old city walls mm-hmm. th- from this time period. From this you know, the, the story of this time period. Um, which is kind of crazy to think that you can Isn't it though? Yeah. see pictures of the walls that Jonah would have walked through through or passed <laughs> to 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 uh, to give to give this heed this call uh, uh, to the Ninevites um, but yeah so um in in this so in this case uh, the the realization the epiphany is of the people um, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, and the uh, king and, and the king, yeah. That, that's that's the one part that, you, since you haven't asked yet, I'll just answer it. Yeah, I was going to say. The verses we skipped were the um, narrative of the king saying, oh, we messed up, we have to repent. Right. Um, so that's the irony, is everybody learns their lesson, as you pointed out, other, but but not really Jonah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, proving, I guess, uh, once again, that God can use anyone. Uh, and and, and uh, you don't have to be the holiest of holy people to uh, deliver a message or show God's love in this world. Um, you can be a grumpy doubter like Jonah and still change um, people's lives. Yeah. And the, the one thing to keep in mind, <clears throat> actually two things to keep in mind, I'll say is one um, for those who are familiar with world series, series that's where i want to be uh world history the reason i said series is that this was the assyrian empire mm-hmm. that jonah went to which was a pretty bloodthirsty group and had not treated israel well so jonah has a reason for thinking this is not a good idea and yeah perhaps not even just that's uh, that's a that's a that's a very fair point because yeah it's it's not like he was like oh you know like the 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 stereotypical 19 20 year old who won't get off the parents couch yeah, <laughs> that, that it, it wasn't that Jonah was lazy. It wasn't like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Man. Right. Oh, I don't want to do it now. Come on. The crops are coming in and I want to oh. watch them grow. Um, yeah, um, he had he had reason to fear this assignment. Um, mm-hmm. he, and, uh, and to disapprove of it. Yeah. And to disapprove of it. Um, um, but uh, but yeah, it, it, so so he's not without cause here uh, mm-hmm. uh and justification so yeah and the other another interesting thing is that um historically jonah and job the those two books are often used together to teach about who god is mm. and job is the story of job wanting to talk to god about suffering why is there suffering and then Jonah is the story of why is there mercy? Mm-hmm. And so in, in some ways it's pairing it with Job. It's why, you know, why doesn't God fix this of suffering? And why is God so generous? That doesn't make any sense to us. Right. So it, it's supposed to be those two books together are supposed to really expand our concept our our inner construct of who god is and how god operates yeah that makes a lot of sense uh and that's interesting that it get you know, that as you point out it kind of focuses on those two aspects which you know we still struggle with today there's yeah. a lot of, you know there's there's a lot of struggle with uh um why bad things happen and why there's uh, uh, uh love and forgiveness in times where we don't think it's you know as humans we don't think it's justified yeah um so it's a that's an interesting interesting point that those two um tackles probably the two most 
difficult aspects of our I would say that's probably the two most difficult aspects of our relationship with God and uh, each other. That, yeah. That, that I think that, that I think we struggle with. Yeah. And so whenever you hear a particularly Christian preacher talk about this earthquake is because of God's judgment or something like that, think right. of Jonah. punishment for this. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the, the story of Jonah thoroughly repudiates. That's how God, that that's how God operates. Yep. And I, I think Jesus does as well, of course. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's a pretty heavy through line for <laughs> for Christ's yeah. ministry. And also, if you if if whenever we're tempted to stereotype the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures as oh, that's the bloodthirsty God, and then the New Testament is the God of love, we have to think about books like Jonah, where no, this it's the same. You can easily see to to me anyway. You can easily see the Christ presence in this story. Right, 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 right. And and I think you've pointed this out on the podcast once before, but <clears throat> verse 10 here uh, does, while well, my first instinct is to kind of laugh at, mm -hmm. the, at the idea that God would change his mind, uh, you, I think you've pointed out that that it really is kind of designed as a you know we it, it still is a a back and forth relationship that it's yeah. possible to um, it's possible to to uh, um, affect decisions um, um, that that God makes because um, he it, it points out that he he changes his mind about the the calamity which still makes uh, Jonah's statement to them in verse 4 not entirely incorrect. Um, Forty days more and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And one could argue that changing their ways uh, does overthrow yeah. Nineveh and creates something entirely new out of it. Um, That's right. So, Yeah, uh, and one thing about the... the um, God changing God's mind here is I think it's more that I mean, this is a fine way to put it of course I'm not going to say oh the Bible should have been written differently here um, but oh, why not why not why, why not why isn't that us for us to say I mean uh, <laughs> I think the, the real point of it is how crucial exercising our free will is yeah that um, that we can actually change the course of history, that we don't have fates that are set in stone that we run away from at our own peril, but instead the relationship between God and each one of us and God and the whole of us is dynamic and is shifting in no small part depending on human action and interaction with God and the world. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, again, there's a dumbed down theology out there in American um, civic religion that God is in control of everything. And our job is just to figure out what is God's will. And if we're in <clears throat> alignment with that, then our lives will go well. That goes back to some Puritan bad theology about predestination. Right. And so, yeah, these stories are important for us to remember. No, we get we get to make decisions that are so important to human history that we really should pray about them and listen carefully um, and act humbly. Yeah, I think I think that point is very well taken because, uh, yeah, we uh, it's almost it's almost a crushing realization, though. It's a yeah. lot easier to sit here and believe like whether I turn left, whether I turn right doesn't matter what's going to happen is going to happen mm -hmm. uh and and uh which is in a way comforting because it takes the decision off our shoulders and it, it makes us it, it makes us believe that it doesn't matter uh but yeah time and time again these stories kind of point out like no 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 uh you know the fate of a city that's so large and has so many inhabitants that it takes three days to walk across uh can be changed by your yeah. single actions Yep, and what you do matters, and uh, the crushing realization uh, <laughs> that 
uh, things like uh, concepts like the butterfly effect uh, do still rest on <laughs> decisions that you make. Mm-hmm. It can can almost be petrifying and ter- and 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 uh, terrifying. But yeah, I I totally understand why people find comfort in the idea that they're not in control of their lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's false. I mean, where our control is limited, certainly, but we we are responsible. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, one of the, the saddest things to hear from Christians in the last nine months is, well, you know, if I get COVID and die from it, that's God's will. No, <laughs> no, doesn't work that way. <laughs> no. Yeah. You, you, we don't have a set timer on our lives that right. says it was meant to, it wasn't when meant it's to over. Happen. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, I mean, I, I, I. I understand if the, the, the sentiment was something like if I get COVID-19, um, it will be, things will be okay. Yeah, you know, that's different. Yeah, I'll, you know, I'll be taken care of or those that I care about will still have love in this world and, you know, yeah. statements like that. Yeah, absolutely. But the, to, to believe that it was somehow predestined. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's not at all what Episcopalians believe. <laughs> Correct. I think so. Although I'm, I'm sure there's still several of us uh, who, who do struggle with oh, that. Um, oh yeah, for yeah. sure. And like I say, it's a very comforting theology. So I, I, I certainly understand why people at times um, go to that, but it's not mm-hmm. helpful in the. It's for long term theology. It's not helpful. It might help right. you fall asleep at night. Fine. In the morning, though, hopefully you'll wake up and um, spiritually as well as physically and find a better theology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's move on to unless you have anything else about nope. Jonah. I mean, Jonah is such a fun, rich story, and if it was the whole book, then we'd have so much more to talk about. But uh, uh, yeah, like you said, uh, encouraged you to read that uh, all yeah. the way through, especially it's, if it hasn't been something that you've done uh, and you only have the children's version of the story somewhere in the recesses of your mind. Go back and reread it. It's a uh, it's a it's a different story than you might think. That's right. It's a page, it really is a page turner. Yeah, it is, and especially since there's only like three and a half pages. Yeah, uh, you don't, and you don't it. even have to do too many page turners. That's a lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're going to move on to the uh, second reading in First Corinthians chapter seven, verse twenty nine through thirty one. I mean, brothers and sisters, the appointed time has grown short. From now on, let even those who have wives be as though they had none, and those who mourn as though they were not mourning, and those who rejoice as though they were not rejoicing, and those who buy as though they had no possessions, and those who deal with the world as though they had no dealings with it, for the present form of this world is passing away. Um, It seems as though... This is a, a sta- this is a this is Paul, right? Right. Uh, it seems as though Paul is basically saying like the sky is falling, the world is ending. Um, dance like there's no dance like no one's watching. Yeah. <laughs> Live like there's no tomorrow. Um, but he phrases it in a way that's kind of interesting. Um, number one, I guess is. Is that really what he's saying? Like the 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 end is nigh. Is this is this really like a the end the, the the end of the world has come kind of statement, or is he talking about something else? Because we really only get this really short part, and it, I, I suppose there's the possibility that it, the the context could very much change the meaning. Well, actually, no. It it is one of those passages where Paul's thinking Christ's return is any moment now. Mm, okay. So what is what does this phrase uh, mean? Let uh, let even those who have wives be as though they had none. That doesn't sound as though that's good advice. <laughs> um, part it's. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? Or, or like, what's the? Yeah. <laughs> well, you're you're taking it you're taking it too literally. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's, it's not to um, act like you're not married, um, relationally, ethically, anything like that. It's instead not to hold on so tightly to that love 
that you overlook God's love. Hmm. That's that Paul's worried about people making a, a empty icon of their marriage. That if that's their ultimate experience and of love and ultimate belief of what is possible in love, then they'll overlook God's love, which is okay. greater than the most loving marriage. Which is also kind of, in a way, countercultural. Yeah. Uh, because uh, anytime, if you watch, uh, shoot, one of those disaster movies from the, what was that, the late 90s when we went through a giant string of them, um, it was always like the, 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 the voice on the radio or TV was telling people to, you know, to hold tight to your loved ones in yeah. this moment or, and it, which, which kind of is like, you know, I, I suppose our, our instinct. If, yeah, if this really was the end, I'd spend it. I'd probably spend it with my family. I, I highly doubt I'd be doing the podcast with you. Right now. <laughs> oh. I'd be like, Sorry, Bruce, but uh, I think it, we really would have to do it live. <laughs> <laughs> No one would listen, I don't think. Uh, no. Right. Yeah. It, but, it, and again, we got to take it in the context of the surrounding verses, which it's one thing after another of you'll, you know, you'll still be living your daily lives, but put things in perspective with eternity. So, so yeah, what, what are these? Let's go through these, uh, these hypothetical situations, uh, Figuring like each statement is like there's one who, one who is married, behave as though you ha- you 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 weren't, and focus on, on um, your relationship with God in these waning moments. Um, those who mourn as though they were not in mourning. So so someone is is mourning. Um, don't don't mourn for, you know. Don't realizing twenty four hours a day, but instead. Put it in perspective. Okay. The kingdom of God is about to surround us. Okay. And, and, but then why in the next uh, uh, statement, uh, those who rejoice as though you were not rejoicing? Um, Because that rejoicing is just going to be a a shadow of what's possible when we're in Christ's kingdom. Those who uh, buy as though they had no, no possessions. Um, what would the, don't take that? Don't take joy in what you're buying. I mean, if, if you have to go buy a sack of flour, buy a sack of flour. If you need need a new dining room chair, buy the dining room chair, but don't think that you've accomplished a great thing and don't find joy in those possessions. Cause again, you're taking your eye off the prize. And then for those who deal with the world as though they had no dealings with it, is that just. The, a summary of all those things that okay. um, the world around us is real. We have responsibilities for ministry within it, but it's not the ultimate reality. Hmm. So this isn't, this isn't so much like uh, abandon, uh, a- abandon your standard way of living right in, in this moment, but instead be mindful of, what truly matters correct and then live in the world that uh, the form of this world that is passing away accordingly right okay. okay yeah and it's it's it is so hard to do that's why we have monasteries and convents hmm. um that you know we we as human beings are hard. It's hard for us to live beyond our physical senses and our personal emotions. And that's what this passage is about. Um, what we sense and what we feel. And yet if that's all we live in, then we'll miss out on the glimpses of heaven of God's love that are available all the time. Huh. Okay. Okay. And yeah, you know, everyday life is constantly tripping us up about that. Is there any um, particular reason um, this 
the these uh, three verses are chosen for, um, you know, uh, the season of Epiphany. Is this? I think uh, because they're they're kind of foundational um, ministry helps. Okay. That as we become more and more active in following Christ, then this kind of guidance makes more and more sense. And for some people, it comes almost automatically. Um, but mm-hmm. others need to step back and self-evaluate and say, oh, yeah, I'm I'm really getting too concerned about the size of my television set. Uh, or you know, I'm, I'm kind of being selfish with how joyous I am when I really should be sharing that joy with other people and have that energize my ability to love people that are difficult, who are difficult to love, hmm. etc. Okay. Yeah. Um, anything else about this, uh, this verse? Uh, um, I guess not. I mean, there, it's, it's one of those, it, it wouldn't be a bad one to sort of cut out or print out and stick in front of one on one's computer monitor or something to ponder on a fairly regular basis to say, to say, you know, am I, am I really putting God first today? Hmm. That's a, that, that, that would be a good, that would be a good, uh, um, uh, the other the other armband. Uh, uh, yeah. What would Jesus do on one uh, uh, on one side, and that phrase on the other? Yeah, you might not want to wear a, a armband of. Um, you know, <laughs> I have no wife, or something like that. <laughs> Live like you're not married. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would send the wrong signal to everyone. <laughs> I will try to I will try to make that not my next tattoo. <laughs> right. Um, First Corinthians seven twenty nine. <laughs> Live <laughs> as though you had no wife. I would. Uh, I think if I got that, uh, it would be a self fulfilling statement. I was going to say it would probably become <laughs> a certain kind of reality, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Life imitating art, unfortunately. Um, well, then let's move on to the gospel reading. Yeah. Uh, this uh, this week, it comes from the first book of Mark, uh, which is which is interesting. We've kind of been we've been jumping around a little bit here, haven't we? We've, yeah, there's been some Matthew, a little bit of John and 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 uh, what now Mark. Um, so let's uh, this is obviously the beginning part of Mark, Mark, chapter one, verse 14 through 20. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, He saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Um, So uh, one of the things that that I guess I should point out is, as we're going through the different Sundays in Epiphany, maybe the reason we're bouncing around is we're just getting the opening story from the different Gospels, because they do kind of tackle it from... Mm-hmm. different perspectives and points of view. That's right. Um, it's not the first part, you know, the first story in, in John, I believe isn't, uh, oh, I don't, I'm not on the right webpage, uh, to, to see what comes before it. How does, how does, how does, how do I shouldn't say John. I said, I meant to say Mark. Oh, okay. How does Mark start? How do, what's the first story here? Mark starts with John the Baptist. With John the Baptist, right? Okay. And actually the, the gospel of John after the beautiful prologue of chapter one also starts with John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, um, we kind of, uh, are moving on to last week we had, um, uh, the story about uh, uh, Philip and Nathaniel from John, um, yeah, fr- from from John, 
Uh, and then this Sunday, we're, we're um, as you pointed out last week, Nathaniel is only there in John. Right. Um, and uh, we're talking uh, about uh, um, Simon and, and, and Andrew. And James um, and John. And then James and John. So um, so the, the first story is about John the Baptist, and then we pick up right after he gets arrested. Um, is that correct? That's, that's what that's saying, right? I'm sorry, what did you say? Uh, we, we, we start here in Mark. Uh, uh, the first part of Mark is uh, the story of John the Baptist, and then we pick up right as John is be, has been arrested. Yeah, um, in, it, in between in between is the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. Oh, okay. Uh, he's baptized, he goes to the wilderness, and then we pick up here. Um, okay. With verse 14, now John was arrested. Jesus came into Galilee, and his... He starts calling apostles and begins his public preaching. So in the Gospel of Mark, the temptations come first, and then his entire ministry comes after that. Yeah, and that that's true with any of the Gospels that have a temptation. Is that, okay, I, I felt that the temptation in some of the other Gospels was like more mid-chapter, like mid, uh, like uh, chapter 9 and 10, like somewhere in the middle nope. of the book. Okay. Nope, it's the, totally one of his wrong. first adult... It's always right after he's baptized. Okay. Okay. Um, which I guess makes sense. Uh, um, yeah. It, uh, um, although I, I suppose a, a temptation in the middle of his ministry would have also made sense. Like, come on, Jesus, don't you think this is a little hard? Yeah. And <laughs> Isn't this harder than you thought it would have been? Yeah. And there's, in a sense, the um, it, it's portrayed differently in different gospels, but the temptation in the Garden of the Gethsemane, the, uh, before he's arrested that mm, mm-hmm. uh, that's often seen as the second temptation in terms of act you know spelled out of you know jesus struggling with does he really want to say yes to being arrested tried tortured killed hmm. now it is mark was written first right right okay it is kind of interesting if, if you were reading a story if this were simply a story and you're introduced to these characters and the main narrative character of jesus comes upon two people and says the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of god has, has come near repent and believe in the good news and the two fishermen go yeah, yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> they're like it was was Jesus that charismatic, or is there like some implication in the way that the story is written as to why? Um, I, I I just I can't even fathom if this were me, if I were Simon or Andrew or uh, James or John, and I get this call, but it's solely contained in these words. I can't I can't imagine dropping my nets and leaving my boat and going yeah let's do it uh like i i'm so not there and i i'm kind of curious as to um what you think about how the call as it were with a capital c uh if that's a such a thing uh exists here in in these verses like what do you what what's your take on this very simple call and response well the in you know mark is very condensed um and so in um verse 15 uh it says jesus was saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of god is at hand repent and believe in the gospel um and which is good news Mm. and in the other in matthew and luke it's fleshed out a little bit what um jesus was preaching but what's even more fleshed out is how people were responding that luke uses the phrase um that he was being that jesus was being glorified by all um Mm -hmm. and in matthew i believe it is he's beginning to um, perform healings and so certain and he's um and matthew he's living in capernaum where the four apostles who are called this morning live. So 
and Capernaum's a small town. Capernaum is a small town. So they certainly would have a sense, at the very least, of who Jesus is, and probably have heard a lot about what he's saying and doing, and probably even heard him preach themselves. So okay. it wouldn't be as out of the blue as, yeah, especially reading Mark, it sounds like it is. <laughs> okay. So the, the, uh, which I guess it is could yeah as you pointed out kind of be implied there in in verse fourteen he comes to Galilee he's proclaiming the good news uh, saying this phrase uh, uh, or, or or things like it but preaching uh, the good news of God they would have heard could have heard this uh, as he's been in this area and and maybe people are starting to talk and that he happens upon them, makes a call to them. They're like, Hey, we've heard about you. Yes. Yes. Actually, we've been thinking about this a lot. Right. <laughs> right. There's, there's been a, a, a fair discernment process on our part and we will happily, <laughs> we've decided that we're going to, we're going to go with you. Um, uh, but yeah, as the way, as the gospel of Mark kind of portrays it, it's very much like, it feels like Jesus points at someone as he's walking by you, Drop your right. Follow me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, in the the not surprisingly, Matthew and Luke flesh it out a little bit so that it makes more sense f- to a cold reader as to um, why these four people would walk away from their livelihoods to follow this this fella. Um, mm-hmm. And again, Capernaum is a very small town. There's probably Jesus was already preaching in the synagogue. I mean, that, that was a very common practice. Um, it didn't have to just be the rabbi preaching or something like that. So they've probably, you know, worshipped with him on the Sabbath a number of times. And mm. yeah, to thoroughly modernize the story, um, you know, had a cup of coffee with him after church, so to speak. Uh, and then the the call comes and like you say they've been thinking about it, they've been talking about it and pro, you know, probably are extremely um, overjoyed that mm-hmm. they're receiving this call yeah I, I can I can definitely fit myself into the narrative shoes of James and John a little bit more just because of the setup uh, that is implied there in verse 20. Uh, since they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him, um, just because I can Im- I, I can imagine the the uh, situation where they're like, I told you, Dad, I didn't want to work on the stupid boat. <laughs> oh. Off they off they go. I don't want to be in your business. I want to be an artist. <laughs> so I can understand that was, that was a little bit more like it's really their dad's business, you know. What? what do they lose by dropping the nets and leaving? <laughs> no, am I? Am I, I think this is between you and your therapist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but yeah, uh, I mean, and I think that's part of the point is to to allow people to enter the story from wherever they are. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. for someone who's living a very independent life. Um, they might relate immediately to Simon or Andrew. For those in a life that's more um, interconnected with others, they might relate more to James or John. Out of curiosity, the phrase about fishing for people, does that occur in, uh, I, I know that the certain translations are fishers of men, uh, fish for people. Is this the only, it's a fairly well-known phrase. Is that, uh, is, does that only exist here in Mark? Do you know? Does that? I'm Is giving a look at my sure? parallels. Um, Matthew has it, and I'm pretty sure Luke does. Um, Must have been a pr- fairly impressive turn of phrase to appear in multiple Gospels then. Yeah. I, I would imagine, like, hey, remember that time that he, like, turned fishing on its head and was like, hey, I'm going to make you fish for people instead of fish. Right. That's pretty clever. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> it's catchy. It's, yeah, it is. it's, it's, um, a pithy phrase that mm-hmm. definitely continues to make people think. Yeah. 
and and you know, and part of it is whatever you know they don't need a brand new skill set they'll be able to translate some of what they learned about life from what they were doing before to this new ministry okay yeah so yeah yeah you know and that that's a a, a basic tenet of healthy evangelism is you share of yourself what you've learned of life and how that makes more sense through Christ. Hmm. Hmm. Anything else about the gospel reading? Uh, can we, can we steal anything else uh, in anticipation of your sermon? <laughs> oh, you'll just have to join in and see. <laughs> I suppose we will. I suppose we will. If there's nothing else, I think we'll call that. Uh, uh, heed the call uh, yourselves this week. Uh, perhaps you're not. Perhaps you're called to fish for people yourself. Perhaps you're called to fish for something else uh, in the name of God. Um, but I think we'll call this our podcast for January twenty fourth, twenty twenty one, the third Sunday after Epiphany, as always i shouldn't say after epiphany after the epiphany right because we're still in the season of epiphany so it's not anyways as i'm pointing out how i butchered that um <laughs> as always uh, uh we have lots going on uh please visit our website hfec.org uh holyfamilyfishers.org is the written out uh version of it if i re- remember correctly um we've got a bible study going on focusing on the gospel of mark it's a great one and meets on thursday evening so it's handy for more people than sunday morning sometimes yep uh online uh uh uh, uh children's ministry is 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 back up uh, and running from the winter break so we're doing we're, we're, we're going there we've got our uh annual meeting coming up uh not this uh sunday uh, it'll be the sunday after right. so the january 31st sunday after the epiphany on um, zoom on zoom uh and and uh uh We've got our Facebook watch party of the uh, uh, Sunday service at 9 a.m. on Sunday, the 24th. Um, it's all available on our YouTube channel, HFEC Videos. Uh, uh, that'll be released Saturday afternoon at 4. Um, so you can watch it on your own or watch it with us. Um, I'm trying to think. Do we have anything else that we want to plug? The Adult Forum on Sunday oh is um about discovering god in art or rather god being revealing god's self in art uh, so that's 10 a.m on the zoom call you can see the um, link on the web page very good very good like i said lots of things going on uh, uh, uh well documented on our website so claps all the way around for our website yeah. managers um and uh, uh, uh look for uh, something to to uh, connect you with uh, uh, but as always feel free to shoot us an email if you have questions concerns comments uh, recommendations uh, and that is shortcut at hfec.org on an and until next week i'm ben and i'm bruce and we'll talk to you then bye-bye bye, bye.